The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome to today's show. We've got a great show for you. I really appreciate you spending your time listening or watching to this. Time is an incredibly precious commodity. It's a finite resource. Once you've used it, it's gone. You can't go back to the past and change it. Ultimately, it's about making every minute count. And these days when there is so much to do and so many calls upon your time, making your time work for you is even more precious. Now, in the second section of the show, James Miller is going to join us and he is a leadership expert. He has his own show, great um, amount of experience and expertise. He's going to talk about um, why multitasking is not the way to go. But before we do that, I'd like to talk to you about time. If you live to 70, you've got about six and a quarter million hours. And when you're in your teens, you think that time will never come. But by the time you get to your 50s, it's getting a bit close. And if you're like me and you're in your 60s, you start to think, oh, have I made the most of my time? Have I made the most of today? Because in reality, the only thing we have is this moment. You can't go back to the past, as I've just said, the future has never actually happened and you don't know if it's going to. And so making the most of each moment makes so much sense. I wonder that really sort of make a differentiation, although there probably isn't, between your personal life and your professional life. In reality, making the most of your time is true for, for every moment of your life. I often say you're the common denominator. You take yourself wherever you go. But I find it quite interesting that when uh, you're talking to leaders and busy professionals and I co uh, do uh, strategic business coaching, there's much talk about productivity and getting things done and how important time is. And yet, when we start to examine how people are spending their time, they're often spending time being busy rather than being productive that they are doing tasks that actually don't really make a difference. They don't think about how every moment is actually a little bit of treasure and that if they don't use it well, that time just fritters away. We're gonna speak about more about the business aspect of things after the break, but I want to talk now about your personal life and how you are spending your time. Ask yourself the following questions. How much of my time do I spend looking back, regretting, 
wishing things had been different, feeling guilty, feeling frustrated or angry about the things that had happened in the past. In reality, those emotional states don't change anything. They just make you feel bad. So isn't it time to deal with any of the baggage from the past and give yourself the gift of having a present which is free from the constraints and the frustrations, the hurts, the bitterness from the past? You know, on this show, we talked a lot about forgiveness and forgiveness frees you, frees you to have that time where you would spend looking back to enjoy the present. How much time do you spend worrying about the future? I know from working with clients that, you know, you have, there are people who spend their time in the majority of their time in the past and people who spend the majority of their time whittling about the future. And the reality is that it may never happen or it certainly is unlikely to happen in exactly the way you expect it to. We've all got a blueprint of what we think should happen. Should's an interesting word, isn't it? Because should rarely translates into what does happen. How often do you take the time to notice what's around you, to notice the natural world, to spend time being grateful for the things that you do have in your life, rather than regretting the things that you don't have or wishing for things that, uh, that you could have. How much time do you spend complaining? You know, the research shows that we tell on average 37 other people when things go wrong, but only five when things go right. And as we tell people that things have gone wrong, the research also, also shows that not only do we tell lots of people, but each time we tell it, the story becomes bigger, gets embellished. It's a bit like the fishing story. You know, I've, I've caught a little sprat and by the time they've finished, it's a blooming whale. The other thing about complaining is it drains your energy and it drains the energy of the people around you. Now, when things go wrong, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they do monumentally. I would suggest that rather than complaining to everybody, complain in a very constructive way to the people who have the power to do something about it, and then stop. If there is no one that you can complain to, you know, what action can you take to put things right? And usually when we're complaining, it's because something doesn't fit with our sense of value. How much time do you spend listening to people who are complaining or being negative? It's said that we are the sum of the five people that we spend most of our time with. And if you spend your time with negative people, people who drain your energy, then the likelihood is that you will soon start to be like them. Ultimately, the only person who has control over how you spend your time, what you do, what's important to you, is you. And taking radical responsibility, which is another theme of my show, is by taking radical responsibility for your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, your actions and your words, or lack of the last two, only when you take full responsibility do I think that you actually get the most value out of your time? 
I believe each of us has the capacity. Well, I think we're doing it anyway. We are leaving a living legacy. Every word you speak or not, the way in which you do it, every action you take or not, when, how, each of those vibrationally, if you like, leaves a legacy on yourself and on the people that it impacts upon. So is your legacy moment by moment a great one, an okay one, or are you just spreading negativity? Now, please don't think that I'm making light of the difficult situations that people find themselves in. I've had my own challenges and I do know that life can be really, really tricky. Sometimes life can be really uh, tricky, just doesn't encapsulate at all. But I want you to ask yourself, does looking at this in a negative way improve things? Does worrying make it better? Does it solve the problem? Because in my experience, worrying, complaining, focusing on what hasn't happened that you wanted to or that has happened you didn't want to, focusing on that seems to make it expand. Now, they say what you focus on is what you get. And those of you that have watched the show with Michael Lozier, Law of Attraction, he has talked about how we set up an energetic vibration through our thoughts and our words. And he recommends that you don't use the word don't, for example. He talks about couching things in the way of what you would like rather than what you don't want. So in your personal life, and of course this spills into your professional life too, Think about how you are spending your time moment by moment. My younger brother, David, just a lovely man, bigger than life, lived life to the full, went off one day on a cycle ride practicing for the London to Brighton uh, cycle race. He was uh, going to race for uh, the British Heart Foundation, paradoxically, and he suddenly dropped dead. 49. It was devastating for everyone. He left five children and my sister and I completely and utterly devastated by his loss. But one of the positive things that I took from that was David lived every day fully. He lived every moment. And it made me realize that I, although I've always been optimistic and positive, that I wanted to make sure that I lived my life as David did, living every moment, telling people that I cared about them and I loved them, um, that I um, respected them, that I am thanking people regularly and, and frequently. So how are you spending your time? Please spend your time in the next couple of minutes. Don't go away. Listen to the uh, to the interval and come back because we've got a really great session with James Miller where we're going to talk about multitasking and is that the answer um, and the business and the leadership side of making the very, very best use of your time. So don't go away. I'll see you in a couple of minutes. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? 
Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-you.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hi there, and welcome back. Many of you will have heard people talk about how women can multitask and men aren't very good at it. I was really surprised when I discovered that the research shows that only 2% of people can actually multitask effectively. And this has huge implications for people in general, but particularly for leaders, when they are trying to uh, ensure greater efficiency and effectiveness. I want to introduce my guest to you, James Miller. He provides more specific and intentional ways to develop your role and to use time more effectively. Let me read you his bio. James Miller is a licensed psychotherapist and the executive producer and host of the nationally broadcasted and uh, syndicated radio show, James Miller Lifeology. James has been in the mental health field for over 23 years. After 14 years in private practice, James left his thriving practice in the Washington DC area and created James Miller Lifeology, where he globally helps people simplify and transform their spirit, mind, and body. And I'm absolutely thrilled that he's joined us today. So without more ado, I'd like to welcome James Miller. Hi, Gina, thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your show today. I'm very honored. Oh, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. And it's an interesting one because I've been on your show and um, now the roles are are reversed. (laughs) Before we get into the whole business of time and multitasking, can you share a bit of your story? I mean, what's taken you to this place? Sure. I think like like everyone, I was struggling. I was very successful at one time in my life or all times in my life. But just like I'm sure your listeners watching right now, it's we reach a point in our life when we 
just kind of get bored or we've reached kind of the pinnacle of that version of our life. Research states that there's actually five versions of each person's career. So we have a different iteration as we evolve. And so in my private practice, I was very successful and I enjoyed it. I had a great time with people. But on a personal note and all the other talents I have, I felt like they weren't really growing. So I took some time, reflected on what that would look like and merged all my talents together to create Lifeology. And from there, it's I've been incredibly blessed to meet wonderful people like you and to be on a journey with my listeners and my viewers so that we can all grow and develop. Lifeology is actually a literary term that means the study of life. But what I've done is I've created a platform where everybody, doesn't matter if you're the most successful person or the least successful person, everybody has a life lesson to learn and a life lesson to teach. So I get to learn those with everybody else and also get to teach things yeah. as well. So it's been a wonderful journey for me. Absolutely brilliant. And having been on your show, it's been an, a, a real privilege and I do appreciate you. the opportunity you. that you, you've given me. I find it quite interesting that you'll talk about lifeology. I talk about leadership for life. And I think we're probably <laughs> talking about the same thing. We are. <laughs> That's so talk me through um, multitasking yes. and why it rather than it being something to aspire to, it's probably not the best way forward. Correct. Most people think, oh, I can multitask. I'm great at it. And it's funny, for a long time, I thought I could do that as well. But then when I read the research, I was like, okay, I'm not one of those individuals. So what multitasking really <laughs> is, is the way, the way they researched it was they took... They took two things that one has that person has to do, and they have to use their cognitive functions, functioning or the executive function. And so that's not like talking and, and reading the text. It's nothing like that. It's about perhaps do, uh, reading another language and then also typing something in a different language. That's the actual form of multitasking of what they what they studied. And so what they found is a person is more efficient when they do one task at a time as opposed to doing the two tasks together. So we want to look at one's efficacy rates. In other words, how efficient are you with your time? How efficient are you with the execution of what you want to do? So what I always tell people is when you're doing something, I mean, we all know we need to be intentional about something, but you have to, in that moment, really think it through as far as what, what is my role? I always really help people conceptualize what that is. So if I'm a CEO of a company or, or I am an employee of someplace, I want to automatically know what my job description is. So the job description is fleshed out quite a bit, but in that you want to say, perhaps like as a CEO, I am, I'm the HR director. I am the, um, but also to be, I mean, the, the budget, I, the accountant, all the different roles I have to play. I have, when I'm intentional about that in that moment, then I say, this is the specific job description. So therefore, it doesn't allow for the multitasking. I'm sure you, Gina, when you've worked with, as a headmistress years ago, when you were talking to your, to your students, I'm sure at times you'd have to enforce some type of, of punishment of some sort. And in that moment, though, you knew that that's what you had to focus on. So the understanding yeah. of now I have to attend to this student versus I have to perhaps talk to another teacher, you knew the specifics of how that worked. And so you knew how to talk with them. But if we try and do so many things at once, we don't realize that we're not showing up or truly being authentic. If I have to talk to an employee who's struggling, but yet I'm in the middle of a, a, an email I'm writing, I'm not truly helping that, that, that employee. So the point is, is you have to put everything aside and say, what is the job description I'm creating right now? So James, the friend, James, the, um, James, the partner, James, the 
um, employee, whatever it might be, I have to know specifically what that job description is. So I always have people take some time to reflect on that. What does that look like for you? So as a friend, what are those characteristics you demonstrate? As an entrepreneur, what are those characteristics you demonstrate? So when you really understand what that is, it's easier to slip on that hat and to be able to walk smoothly into that so you don't allow for the multitasking. For example, as a parent, uh, if you have kids at home and you're and you're one of your child, one of your children is uh, is upset, yet you're trying to do the dishes. If you do so many things at once, you haven't efficiently comforted your child, nor your dishes probably aren't clean either. <laughs> so the whole point is you really have to put as much intentionality in what you do, because the more you can attend to that and whatever characteristic or rule you're playing, the more the more helpful and the more efficient you will be in everything you do. I think that is so wise. But I think one area where I think it, it is incredibly critical, it's all important, mm -hmm. is right. that within relationships. Yes. And yes. we live in modern times where I, you can see it when you're in a restaurant in those days when we were able to go into restaurants, we're just opening <laughs> up in the UK, um, where people have got one eye on their, their mobile phones, yes. but they're also trying to carry on a conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do a lot of work with, with, around leadership. And one of the things that I teach people, and I find it quite incredible that it needs to be taught, really, yeah. is creating rapport with someone mm -hmm. requires intentionality and yes. attention. And the moment you turn away and you're doing something else, that feeling of being rejected is, is incredibly strong. Yes. Even in a situation where they've been warned that that's going to happen. And I, you know, when we were doing training sessions where you're actually in the same room, you know, we would actually do some exercises where they would know it was coming. Mm -hmm. And yet, as soon as people stopped looking at them, making eye contact, actually focusing on them um, and started to do something else. It evoked hugely strong and negative feelings Correct. from the person on the receiving end. Yes. And that's something when you know, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, ahead. go on. No, 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 I was going to say, what, what that makes me think about as well is in situations like that, when, when you're connecting with someone, so oxytocin is usually created through touch. So oxytocin is one yeah. of the hormones, a social hormone that we all have and we all create. So when you, when you give someone a hug, a hug that lasts longer than 20 seconds, you're actually inciting oxytocin in the brain. So oxytocin yeah. can also be created just through intense eye contact as well. So what you're saying, what I'm hearing from that is when people are intentional about that in the different meetings that you had, mm -hmm. then when you're creating oxytocin and all of a sudden that's removed in a very quick way or someone's not paying attention, that does cause mistrust or distrust in a person. So that's why it's so important when people are talking and communicating to have that eye contact, because once again, you're creating that, that connection with that person. Mm -hmm. So it can be a friend. It's so important, as you know, in business and business meetings, um, especially if, if in shows like this, if I'm, you know, picking up my phone, you know, doing whatever, or just looking away, yeah. you're not connecting with that. So that's why even as a broadcaster and a, and a TV host as well, it's so important to be able to connect with your audience. And a lot of it has to do with the intentionality of the eye contact, because the more you trust, the more you sh share that, share that eye, mm -hmm. eye contact, yeah. the more you actually create the oxytocin as well, which is incredibly important. And I think the other area of communications before we move on to other things is sure. actively listening. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost impossible, I think, to listen really actively to what somebody is saying, to read the subtext as well as the yes. words that they are actually using. If your attention is somewhere else, you're trying to do something else at the same time. When you really want to 
have a conversation with someone, you want to, you want to be mindful of the types of questions you ask. Are you open? Are you asking open-ended question or closed-ended questions? Yeah. So if you and I are speaking right now and I want to get to know you more, instead of saying, did you have a good day today? I would say, tell me more about your day. And those types mm -hmm. of rephrasing of a of a question allows for a person to emote more. So when I when I'm very intentional about the people with whom I associate or with whom I speak, I do ask those yeah. open ended questions. And so that's the role I'm playing in the moment as a communicator. In my graduate work, we actually had a class called motivational interviewing, and we went through the specifics of how to interview someone in such a degree that you can take them from "Hello, this is the first time I met you" to take them to their most intimate details of their past. And it's, it's a process, but learning how to be able to do that in all areas of one's life can be incredibly helpful. Now, the difference of that as well is if you don't want to know too much about someone, but you want to be kind, is you would ask the close-ended question. Gina, did you have a good day yeah. today? Yes, I did. That's wonderful. And then you move on to something else. So that's a yeah. neat little trick that I always tell people as far as how to interact with individuals, but to be very intentional about it when you are speaking with someone yeah. allows for you to create that eye contact and to have that connection with the person in a very yeah. personal way. I mean, the power of language is just something that I find amazing. Now, you work with leaders, and I've no doubt that every leader in the land will say to you, I've got too much to do. I have to multitask. I have to do these things. What's your response to that sort of, of um, you know, people closing or attempting to close down what you are offering as a mm -hmm. way forward because they can't see that it's going to work. That's a great question. It's funny, when I do work with a lot of leaders, what I have them do is, is I create a, almost like a graph of success, a graph of, graph of fulfillment in their, in, their business, in their business model. So what we'll do is we'll, on the, on the horizontal line, we'll create all the different aspects of their company. And then on the vertical line, we'll create ticks, tick marks between one and 10. And then I'll have them go yeah. through each part of those um, each part of those facets of their of their company, and they'll mm -hmm. rate the, the efficacy of it. And when we look at that, they're like, well, this is a little bit lower than I thought. So what I do is I help them really reconceptualize, well, how would it be as if for 10 minutes, you only focus on this one aspect? And they're like, okay, well, I, I can maybe do 10 minutes because too much, of course, too much time, then all of a sudden they don't think they have enough. So to work with them on really small time intervals and help them be intentional in what they're doing, they all of a sudden start to see, wow, I was able to get this done much more quickly than I thought. Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of the buy-in that I create is to, is to help them create a snapshot of their business. And then from there, allow them to then move those widgets around on that graph to try something for, like I said, a few minutes here and there, and they all of a sudden start to see that the efficacy rate and the productivity rates, not only as a leader, but also as the employees, starts to increase exponentially. That sounds like a great exercise. I mean, one of the things I ask, <laughs> yeah, whether you're a business leader or not. Yeah. One of the things that, that uh, I make the distinction when I'm working with people is the distinction between being busy and being mm. productive. Correct. Because we fill our time with busyness that just our social media is a great one for that, isn't it? Yes. That, you know, great yes. tracks of time can go. What's your view and how would you advise people to be more productive and to recognize the signs that this is busyness and not productivity? That's a great question, Gina. I always tell people, think of your day as if you have 100 energy points. So if I give you 100 points and I'm saying you can mm -hmm. allocate that to whatever you want today. Choose it wisely. So when you when you think of that of that um, analogy or that that example, what people do is they start to realize that, okay, well I've probably given ten to this, twenty to this, hundred or you know fifty to this, and then usually by four p.m. everybody's like, 
I don't have more points left. <laughs> so what the funny thing is, <laughs> when they're aware of that, they can say, okay, now I want to be more intentional about this because the more intentional a person is, the more successful they will be. So to understand when I do something, what is the end result? So when you can reverse engineer everything you're doing, then you know, okay, well then I need to work backwards and let me look at the, at the most important things to do. And then I can then move and enact it and move forward. And that's when the allocation of those energy points is so important because that is something that people don't realize that we often do more than we should. And that's because we're multitasking. And so we do more than we mm -hmm. should. Then we find that, well, I did all these things, but did I really do it that well? I know many people that I've worked with who, who will be at home. And so they work all day then they come home and do more work at home while they have the TV on, while they're cooking dinner. And so I asked them, well, did you get all your work done? Yeah. Well, how long did it take you? Um, probably took me about an hour and a half when I got home. I said, so let's try it. If you work from home, which I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that during the workday, but if you choose to do that, let's cut everything out, see what happens. And so you'll find that most people can get their work done within 30, 40 minutes. And so they're like, I had no idea. And so that's why it's so important to realize that the more intentional a person is and not multitask yeah. and to be very specific about it and shut everything off, you'll find that you get so much more work done. And those individuals who say, I didn't have enough time, all of a sudden realize, wow, I actually have more time than I thought. And that's when yeah. you can then fill in more things with relaxation or yeah. for self-care, which is incredibly yeah. important because if you don't allow for the self-care in one's life, you'll find that you burn out so much more quickly. Yeah. So I would really recommend everybody listening is to think of your day as, as having 100 energy points or 100 energy dollars, if you will, or pounds, whoever you're listening. And from that, you'll find that you, when you allocate that inappropriately, if you find that if in the moment you're thinking, gosh, I'm really tired. Oh, this is so hard. More than likely, you gave more of those energy points to something earlier. And when you're more mindful of that, you're more expeditious about it. And therefore, you can be much more successful in rolling everything out. And you'll find that you're a lot more well-balanced, more peaceful person. And we all need that. <laughs> Sounds like a brilliant construct, you know, a strategy for people to recognize the value of what they're doing and the time they're spending. One of the things that strikes me, very often business uh, people, those are entrepreneurs, business people, business leaders, the business takes up a disproportionate yes amount of their time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I ask clients to do is to create a strategic life planning like, system, if you like, yes. where their health, their relationships, personal um, and mm -hmm. professional, their things to fill them up spiritually, their exercise, you know, whatever is important to them sure. um, goes into a, a, a planning cycle. For some it's mm -hmm. a week, a fortnight, a month, whatever works that they actually make themselves a client um, within their diary. So, you know, I'm going to put in time to, to have some exercise, some time with the family and so on. And people have found that to be really helpful. Combining that with your exercise, yeah. I think would make it even more powerful. So, I think so as well. thank you very much for that. You are very welcome. Well, I wanted to piggyback off of what you were saying as well is, is often we have an idea as, as an entrepreneur, like, yes, this is how, where I want my business to go. But when you conceptualize your life and everything you do falls in, under the umbrella of quality of life. What does yeah. quality of life mean? So when everybody's able to flesh that out, then we'll say, okay, well, if quality of life means I have finances or something, that's great. But if I'm not spending time with my family, it's probably not so great. So learning how to juggle that is important. Just because I can make all this money doesn't mean I should make all this money if it's going to take away from yeah. my time with my family. 
So learning how to juggle that. What I was, another little technique I do is uh, a visual, a visualization actually, is I will have people stare at the door. And so if they stare at the door, like that's a magic door. And when you walk out that door, your life is changed and your life is much more optimal in a lot of ways. What would be different? And so when people really think about that, then they're able to say, well, I'd spend more time with my family or I'd work on my health. I would do this, I would do that. And then you can move the widgets around and say, okay, well, then what would need to change for that to happen? So when people can recognize that, that's when they say time allocation, perhaps I'm spending too much time here or not yeah. enough here, or I'm not my going to bed the night before yeah. or before my next day, perhaps I'm going to bed too, too late. So learning how to really be much more, once again, intentional about yeah. what, what a person does and knowing what they would need to change allows for them to then move things around. I am um, in my personal life. If I, uh, if during the weekdays, if I'm out with friends, I'm always stop having quote having fun at 9 p.m. on weekdays because I know for me I'm up very early and anything after 9 p.m. historically causes me not to be as sharp as I want to be or as I like to be. So that's why it's a hard and fast rule. Many of us have guidelines for our lives, but we yeah. don't have rules. So when you can understand the difference between a guideline of, okay, maybe I should stop at 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. or versus I'm going to stop at 9 p.m. Now I'm in charge of that. So after 9 p.m., now I'm in a different role as that, that of the person who is now winding down for the night as opposed to the friend role that was yeah. previous to that. So that's why it's important for everybody to create rules for themselves as opposed to guidelines. When you can be aware of that, you'll find that you are in control of your life as opposed to situations controlling your life. Now, there may be times when the nights change and, I, and I'm intentional though and say, okay, yeah. and at 9.30, I'm done. So it's learning how to be in charge of your life, but also being mindful and aware of the choices you make because one choice you make then leads into the next choice and the next choice can then be impacted by that. So you want to think it out yeah. as far as you can to say, well, if I do this now and I have the show today, well, am I going to be ready for it? So learning how to, once again, reverse engineer everything you do back to this present moment allows you to then roll it out in without multitasking in the role you're playing. And therefore you're fine that you could do so much more than you would should you try and do everything at once. I think that's really valuable. But also alongside that is managing your friends, for example, expectations. <laughs> so yes. if they know that nine o'clock is the watershed mm -hmm. and they yes. want to spend time with you on a Tuesday, then they'll choose an activity where it's reasonable to finish Correct. by nine o'clock. Correct. Correct. You know, people are so worried about setting those boundaries, but when people understand the rationale behind it, mm -hmm. then they they accept it and take it on board. Exactly. I do my best when I am, let's say I am with my friends or I'm doing whatever, to be incredibly mindful of have fun, James. You are a friend right now. Or, or if I'm you know, in a, in a networking meeting, James, you are the person who's networking. So when I can really be aware of, once again, what that role is, I enact it and I do as much as I can to be very specific about it. And so therefore, once the time ends, I know when it ends and now I move on to something else. And that's what perhaps, you know, talking about my friends, that's what they know about me. They know I'm the first to go um, and they know I'm the probably the first to show up and I'm the one who will have the most fun. And then from there, I wrap it up and I move on. So everybody has learned that about me. And, and of course, there's so many things I've learned from my friends as well. But that is something to be aware of that when you know what's healthy for you, and that goes back to the rules of your life, as opposed to guidelines, you are the one who's in charge. So I, I can be successful in my friend groups. I can be successful on my, my, my brand. I can be successful in all these different areas, but it's done because I'm I'm mindful in the moment of how to be specific in that and yeah. how to stay focused in that. And then from there, the transitional piece is how you move into something else. And we can talk about transitions too, if you want, when it comes to transitioning to a different role, if, if you'd like to talk more about that. I would, but just before we do, I think yeah. the one thing that I think is worth perhaps adding to that mm -hmm. is, 
for many people, you know, we talk about being intentional. Uh, and for some people, that may be a, 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 a phrase that they're not um, familiar mm -hmm. with. For, for me, it's around being absolutely present, being uh, within that moment um, that you are there without uh, focusing on anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that it is making a determined choice this is going to be my priority for this period of time. Mm -hmm. Nothing else, I'm going to focus on that. Exactly. And the way people can do that is if you focus on your five senses. So for example, right now you and I are talking. And so I'm focusing yep. on, on, your, on, on you. I'm, I'm looking at everything. I can see this, all my lights here. Um, you know, I can see this. I can hear everything. Um, I'm, I'm sitting on my chair. I can feel what that feels like. Yeah. So all my five senses are being used right now. So that's a way a person can really be intentional about something is to use all your five senses and be aware of what's happening. And in that, you'll find that you can truly be in the moment because you're not in your head thinking about yeah. things that are not important. So that would be one trick I would have, not trick, one technique I would have that yeah. people use. Either you're in a meeting, you want to be intentional about that and use your five senses. You're, you're on a call with someone. Um, as many of your five senses you can use will allow you to really interact with that person and connect with them in a very powerful way. Brilliant. So we're running out of time. Talk to uh, our uh, viewers and our listeners about transitions. Sure. So transitioning is so important. So if I'm an employee and I'm coming home from work, if I don't transition into what my role is at home, all of a sudden I brought what's I brought whatever I've dealt with at work into my home life. So it's important to create some type of transition to allow you to smoothly transition into the new role. Because if you're the, the CEO or you're the employee of some company and then you're now the spouse and you're coming home, what happened earlier, if you're upset at work, now you're upset with your, with your spouse or upset with your children. And so there's a lot of displacement that happens. So in everything you do, whether it's a split second transition or you're driving home from work, you want to create something to allow you to uh, to re release what happened prior to that. So that if it's if it's an energy release, if some people shake things out, some people jump up and down, some people talk to themselves. There's many ways in which people can transition, yeah. but it's so mind it's so important to transition because without that transition, that all of a sudden you're unfortunately multitasking. Uh, research states that the first two minutes of any re-interaction or every, any re-engagement resets the tone. So if yeah. I come home from work. And I, you know, I'm talking to, to, to someone and all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm still upset. Well, then that first two minutes has tainted the yeah. next interaction of what's going to happen. So in anything you do know that if you're talking to an employee or you're, you're on a, on a call, mm -hmm. how you show up in the first two minutes is so important. So without those transitions, you unfortunately have brought in the previous things from yeah. before. And in doing that, you'll find that you're not going to have the most efficient, most uh, enjoyable, most productive um, conversation. Yeah. I, I talk to people about you know, a submarine, use that as a metaphor. You know, if yeah. you are transitioning from the water into the inside uh, of the submarine, yes. then you have this chamber where there, that, that transaction takes place. And for people who are traveling home, then music can be a great way mm -hmm. of transitioning. Yes. Now, people who listen regularly to the show know that we are proud members of b1g1 buy one give one and yes. um every guest gets the opportunity to choose a project uh, mm. that we will donate to and you have chosen the project of giving water uh, yes. clean water to children yes. in tanzania so <laughs> thank you very much indeed we will thank be you. donating um, money to help villages have clean water uh, on your behalf. If you're listening to this, please get people to download it because for every hundred listeners, viewers, downloads, um, we donate 
um, meals for people who would otherwise be hungry. Um, and if you're interested in becoming a member of B1G1, um, it's in the show notes. Please use our code because then we can see how things get fertilized by what we've been saying and other people joining in. James, it just remains for me to say a huge thank you it's been incredibly interesting you're a great guest and it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show where can people get hold of you first off thank you so much i'm so honored that you allowed me to be a guest on show today so thank oh, you pleasure. If, if you thank you if your viewers or listeners want to find out more information about me simply go to my website at jamesmillerlifeology.com and everything about me is there if you want to listen to lifeology radio i'm in 17 major markets and all over the united states and every podcast scene and streaming platform that is out there so have a listen. And I know that very shortly you're going to be filming a TV show. Can yes. you talk about it? Can sure, you let people yeah. know? Oh, thank you, Dina. Yes. So the TV show, it's, it's slightly different than the radio show. So the radio show focuses on life lessons and the TV show focuses on uh, all emotions. So, for example, our neighbor or your neighbor may be someone you don't know, probably don't want to get to know. But when when we realize that we all feel the same type of emotions that creates a platform there's so much diversity in the world today and because of that divisiveness that most people don't realize that everyone is alike we all feel rage sadness loneliness bitterness fear love we all feel that so my show or lifeology with james miller um, will be coming out and it, it helps really break down those stereotypes what i do is in each episode i will focus on an emotion that we all experience for example resilience um entrepreneurship uh, hope, all those types of feelings that we have, I will create a show about that. And then the cool thing about this, which is different than most shows, is I have discussion points. So when on the outro, when I'm, when I'm saying goodbye to everybody, I will bring up discussion points because I want individuals to, to watch this in groups. I want families to watch it. So I want people to be able to talk about this, to create a dialogue and say, when did you feel this way? Well, tell me more about that. So it allows people to break down those stereotypes, to be able to have this conversation that's so needed and allows for inclusivity and allows for people to just realize that their neighbor whom they thought was different is not so different after all. Sounds fabulous. Do we know where people will be able to watch it and when? Correct. Well, we're in pre-production right now. What, what's happening is we, we have a lot of networks that want to pick it up. So we're in the process of getting to choose which one gets to, gets Ooh, to host exciting. it. So I'm very excited. About <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much again. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Don't go away. We're not finished yet. Join us again after the break. But James, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Tina. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. 
Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving. The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. I want to spend the last few minutes of the show still talking about time, but in a very different way. So many people self-sabotage, that they intend doing things in a particular way, but they get in their own way. And I want to talk to you about one or two of these things, because I think these days there is always too much to do, and it is a challenge for everybody to make the most of their time. So there are actually three things I want to talk about. The first is those people who procrastinate. You know, I've got to do something, but I'll do everything else rather than that job. And I want to introduce to those of you that are not familiar, the principle of kissing the frog. It's often called other things. Um, but ultimately, what it means is that when you've got your to-do list, to actually do the thing that you least want to do first. You know, that phone call that you're putting off because it's going to be awkward, or that conversation, or the job that you don't like doing around the house or in the business. One of the things that works really well is by doing it straight away, rather than it building up into something bigger, is it energizes you. That's a weight off your shoulder, it's done, you can get on with the rest of your day, uh, and be much more productive. So if there are jobs you don't like doing or things that you put off because um, you don't want to do them or you're not quite sure how, and you recognize that you're procrastinating, then kissing the frog is a great way um, to, 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 to deal with things. If you're really struggling with procrastination, I think I would suggest you get some help because some people take procrastination to an art form. Sometimes it's a form of power, you know, I'll do it in my own time. Sometimes it's because people are confused or they don't feel quite sure about how to move things forward. So really think about what's going on and why you're procrastinating. But ultimately, in all of that time that you're spending procrastinating, recognize that you are making an active choice and that choice has consequences. And it does mean that the quality of the time that you're spending is in some way disadvantaged. The second thing I want to talk to you about is overwhelm. And there are many, many people who are stuck in overwhelm. There's so much to do, they don't know where to start, they don't believe they've got enough time, and so they end up doing nothing. Overwhelm is very expensive in terms of your energy and your well-being. So break things down into bite-sized pieces. You can't eat an elephant in one sitting. You can't eat a whole field of corn in one sitting. 
but break it down and it becomes much more manageable. So I'm reminded of a guest uh, uh, of a, a client I had who was paralyzed by being overwhelmed by, and she did have an enormous amount of things to do. And she was stressed, she was taking time off work, and her house was a state. And so we started with the kitchen and just in 10 minute blocks, clearing that, then clearing the next room. And once she'd cleared her house and she'd got into the swing of clearing things, then she could start to look at what was really going on and getting in the way, um, what was stressing her out at work. And to start to use a similar procedure at work where you break it down into manageable chunks. You'll know what those chunks are for you. She decided that 10 minutes was what she could uh, effectively do at the beginning. Interestingly, she would do 10 minutes and then another 10 minutes and another 10 minutes. And before you knew where you are, she was doing an hour, two hours, three hours. So really think about breaking things down into, uh, into chunks that you can achieve and celebrate that achievement. I'm not talking about cream cakes or a bottle of champagne every time, but in your head, celebrate that and then move on to the third thing. The third thing I want to talk to you about is taking time for you to fill up your battery. You know, if you're running on empty, you're not efficient. If you're giving your time to everybody else and you are not doing self-care, you won't be efficient. In, in, in fact, you'll end up being ill. Journaling is a great way um, to take time and to really make a connection with your inner self. And for me, you know, one of the places that I fill up my batteries is in my garden. I love my garden. It's not very big, but it's very colourful. And I spend a lot of time poddling about in there. And I've just created a journal that will be published in the next week or so, um, which shares with you why my garden is so important and the spiritual development that has come through being in my garden and is set out as a journal which makes it very easy for you to then um, to take journaling yourself. And journaling is an opportunity to really get a window on that inner wisdom and your connection with source. Now, on Amazon, there are a lot of journals designed for leaders, for empaths, but this is a very personal part of my journey, which I'm sharing with you. And I, it's an interesting one because it's quite a departure for me to share so much of the inner me with people. But within a couple of weeks, it will be on Amazon. It's called um, My Garden Insights to, um, to My Soul. Uh, but do go and have a look at all of the other journals that are there and recognize that journaling is a great time of centering you. You can't journal effectively unless you are in the moment. So, um, you know, ultimately that's an opportunity for you to, to really focus in what's important to you. Now, we're at the end of the show. Thank you very much for being part of the show. Do get people to listen, to download, recommend it. Uh, because that means that we will be giving more free meals um, to people who are hungry. If you've got any questions or you've got any themes that you would like us to cover in the show, that would be absolutely fantastic. You can contact me on gina at genuinely-u.com. So thanks so much for being part of the show. I really do appreciate your time. Um, think about how you can be intentional and how you can focus and make the most of your time. 
as the leader in your own life. Thanks again. Bye-bye now. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.